0: Oh, uh, 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 thank you for coming to my office, uh, uh Miss Monroe. Uh, uh, I, uh, are you sure no one saw you, uh, coming in? Oh, I'm,
1: oh, I'm sure no one saw me.
0: Well, uh, Mr. Kennedy. Now, now that's out of the way, uh, why don't you...
1: Happy birthday Uh,
0: no. To you. Uh, we don't have to do the singing right now. If I'm being honest, I never liked just singing. I just tolerated it. I,
1: uh,
0: I would prefer you stop singing. I hate it when you do the breathy thing. It honestly makes me uncomfortable. Days like this, I kind of wish that, uh, that I was assassinated, if you know what I mean. Now no, can don't
1: you, don't you worry about that.
0: Now can you come over here and suck my cock? Mmm.
1: <laughs> i wonder what we're talking about today uh yeah no guesses you said i would get it right off the bat and i really don't think i, I understand yet
0: welcome to the show everybody welcome to the show austin oh thank you i mean welcome you know welcome to the show vayton thank you i i you know i'm always doing the welcoming and i'm always doing the work so it's nice to be welcomed to the show everyone yeah in i'm more.
1: glad to have you here today on my show
0: on your show
1: <laughs> on my show
0: Right, i want to show Austin explains. Yes, um, so, as you might guess from that wonderful opening sketch that we spent many days writing, uh, with with a team of, of top comedy writers. We um, had Dan Harmon in on that one. Yeah, we had Dan Harmon. We we, we, we we sent it. We did a we did a pass through the SNL offices. Got some feedback from Lorne. Um we got some feedback from John Mullaney and Olivia Munn. Right. And the and and their unborn baby. Uh today's episode is on good old John F Kennedy and specifically uh his assassination and the conspiracy surrounding it via the film from uh, 1991. Oliver Stone's JFK. Oh, so uh, of course we continue today in Conspiracy Month.
1: Month. Yeah, is with, that what
0: this is? With what is most, what what what, what is ostensibly the 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 mother of all uh, conspiracy. You know, related topics. At least in this country, Uh, of course, the JFK assassination, kind of the pivotal moment in which uh, Americans somewhat became more conscious of uh, of the debauchery uh, of 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 our own government and the lack of trust of our government. This, combined with I would say, with the Watergate scandal and Nixon, kind of created a a new a new era in american politics in which uh the stories the conventional narrative told to us by the government reports has been questioned and of course uh jfk assassination and ensuing conspiracy about what really happened is uh as you'll as we'll find out as we go through the beats of this movie it's an extremely extremely complex multifaceted, uh detailed uh it's a detailed conspiracy with a lot of moving parts a lot of names and a lot of characters okay and uh it's it's a it's a real it's a real biggin to undertake well you know we we, we know all about taking big ones and that's the truth that's the truth and so that's why we took it uh so we're gonna take it from the front right and also from behind of course uh to start off austin hey familiar your familiarity with uh the real life jfk and his assassination and conspiracies about it and do you know anything about this specific film and its portrayal of said assassination and conspiracies
1: um so let me just get right through the door and say that i don't know shit about the film
0: let me just get right through the door and tell you I've never heard of this JFK guy. Let me just say Who uh, is he?
1: N- no clue, not familiar with his work. Right.
0: Uh, as is a director? He, is he related to FDR?
1: Yeah, or or
0: um What's with the th- what's with presidents and three initials?
1: You know, I think one I think two initials wouldn't be enough. I think it wouldn't sound very stately. Right, sure.
0: Is there a president JK? It's JK
1: just kidding just kidding jokester he's a joke he was alive the whole time jfk however stands for just fucking kidding yeah because he was an aggressive jokester
0: he was an aggressive one
1: um i will say the jfk assassination is probably my favorite conspiracy theory okay like as far as as far as popular ones to to theorize about i really like this one i don't know why it's just really interesting to me i think um there's a lot like you were saying a lot of moving parts there's a lot of fun stuff with it not fun for him but you know um, <laughs> fun
0: for fun to think about not not fun in reality
1: right no i mean it's like it's like you know when people are obsessed with true crime right and right they're like oh this is my favorite serial killer i'm like well, sure i murdered a lot of people that's sure. not fun sure so it's like you know fun to talk about of course uh, if you can separate yourself from the uh fragile mortal coil we all have right um you know, not many conspiracy theory topics involve a missing brain.
0: That's true. I mean,
1: that's pretty fucking great to me. Like, that alone, top ten. That's true. Um, I think in a past episode I've mentioned what I tend to believe happened in this.
0: The, a- um, it, the accident theory?
1: Yeah, the accident that the Secret Service just, like, fucking accidentally killed him. Well, Like, he would have survived the first shot and the second shooter or whatever the fuck was actually the guy behind him.
0: yeah well you're gonna wish that it was an accident after everything i tell you today you're gonna wish that it was that simple you
1: know that i've had people tell me that before uh
0: so and and you said you know nothing about this film or it's uh it's it's view that it presents on the case no not a damn thing okay that's Um. very well uh so what do you want to know about this film before we really get started
1: um, is it like a fictionalized account of it, or is it supposed to be like a
0: biopic? Um, it's not a biopic of JFK. There's actually JFK. Besides, uh, like you know, archival footage and recording isn't in it. It all takes place after the assassination. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. It's it's not fictionalized. It, I mean, it has a couple elements that are you know a bit you know that are for the sake of the narrative um simplified to a more fictionalized basis but like overall and i'll get into this further it's pretty much completely uh you know all of its main facts and case points that it presents um are all based on you know actual details and 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 facts as you know as uh found and assessed by researchers as well as actual you know loose threads from the actual warren commission from the government on the assassination well she okay so it's like almost a documentary uh i I don't know i mean it 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 definitely has kind of documentary style elements to it but it is it is still told through a narrative with actors I'll tell you, it it uses the real life investigation, kind of the spearhead, the first real investigation um, that wasn't the Warren Commission, the first real kind of investigation that had, you know, throwing suspicion onto the, onto the assigned narrative um, of the assassination by uh, New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, a district attorney, uh, Jim Garrison, who all of this in real Jim life Gaffigan. did yeah, Jim Gaffigan, comedian Jim Gaffigan. Uh, but yeah, Jim Garrison, who, who in real life uh, mounted this big, you know, charge uh, investigation kind of challenging the, his, you know, as he saw it kind of sloppy, uh, you know, not very convincing Warren report investigation that claimed, oh, it was just Oswald on his own. Um, So it kind of uses Jim Garrison as kind of our as our main character to kind of delve into this uh, conspiracy as kind of he did in real life. Um, It's actually based on partially based on two books, uh, one of which is the one Jim Garrison wrote called On the Trail of the Assassins, as well as a book by Jim Mars called Crossfire, the Plot that Killed Kennedy.
1: Okay, there's too many Jims. I'm going to say that already.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Especially because the guy we're talking about was Jim F. Kennedy. Jim F. Jim F. Kennedy. That's him. <laughs> that was his cousin.
1: <laughs> Why would they have similar but also different last
0: names? Like. Yeah, that good point.
1: I would. I love the concept of like cousins or just anyone whose last name sounds similar to yours but isn't.
0: Right. That that's a good bit.
1: Like meet my cousin. This is um Frank, Frank Benjamin.
0: Right. Um, I will tell you, this is a long ass movie. The just regular cut of it is about three hours and 20 minutes. Uh, There's a longer director's cut that I didn't watch that's uh, closer to around four hours. Um, So this is like Watchmen it's a long movie it, it there well and it, i it, it's a long movie but it doesn't feel like it because it's very much like you're just constantly learning all the, you know for the how big this conspiracy is and all these moving parts it's very uh you know it's necessary and it's justified in that runtime of course as i mentioned directed by uh oliver stone who is very award-winning director of uh lots of other kind of, um, you know, very sociological analyzing, um, you know, current events and and history, stuff like uh, Born on the Fourth of July, uh, what else, what did he do? He did the original, you know, the Wall Wall Street with, um, what's his name? michael douglas he did uh the doors natural born killers uh he in addition to this movie jfk he also directed um the movie nixon um about richard nixon Mm um uh platoon probably the one he's most known for war drama platoon um but yeah so a lot of uh he's a he's a fairly acclaimed director um i'll say that this movie was nominated for eight academy awards including best picture director uh supporting actor and it won for cinematography and editing um but also important to note even before release uh this film was being uh heavily heavily smeared um and scrutinized by the mainstream media um as you know uh Propagating conspiracy theory and mm-hmm. questioning the government and, you know, even since, if you look it up, um, and I want to get into this later some after we talk about the movie, if you look it up now even, it's just, oh, you know, looking back at Roger Stone's sensationalist fiction uh, JFK where it's just, like, pretty much everywhere just uh, smearing it as nothing but, um, you know, conspiracy theory fiction when, in reality, pretty much all of it is... is is. Very much based in in the reality of this investigation and and these loose ends and uh, and facts. So, hmm. uh, yeah. So that I I rather than tell you the cast because dear God, this movie is fucking stacked with oh, really? cast. Yeah, you're there. Are so many fucking people show up in this movie. Some of them even in just small roles. Uh, that uh I I'm gonna t- point them out as we go through it rather than, you know, the plot of the movie, rather than listing them all out one by one mm-hmm. right now, uh, just because I, I feel like it'll be better in the context of the film. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of our primer on this. And uh, so, yeah, this film is going to delve into District Attorney of New Orleans, Jim Garrison, as he uh, mounts his own investigation with his uh, department, in New Orleans, uh, investigating the Kennedy assassination and trying to bring to light the conspiracy they find. As I said, uh, pretty much the major, you know, large, the large, you know, main facts that go through this film, all of the invest investigative elements are pretty much, uh, completely, uh, based on, you know, truth uh, you know, well, not obviously not like the truth as the uh, the final report has it, where it's just Oswald. But a lot of it is uh, a lot of it is based on fact, uh, as I mentioned, the two books that it's based off of, as well as loose threads from the Warren Report. Um, mm-hmm. The only real bits of of fiction in this film are kind of the uh, you know. The things that to make the narrative work, you know, you're in between moments with uh, with Garrison and his family to kind of provide a a more narrative structure. And then there are some characters who are uh, kind of fictionalized amalgams of um, multiple characters. Um And uh, I'll try to remember to point those out when they appear and say, oh, this, you know, while this character isn't actually real, he's kind of an amalgam of these multiple sources, kind of that thing, where they kind of just combine them for the sake of of narrative clarity. Um, So, yeah, that's that's our kind of intro on on the film and how it deals with the conspiracy. Uh, Austin, do you have any uh, further questions or or do you want to jump into it?
1: Oh, let's jump right the hell in. You know, let's jump in, like the Secret Service agent jumping into the convertible of a president that was just shot.
0: All right. Let's do Mr. it. Mr. Kennedy, Uh-oh,
1: I don't want to go. Don't so you over. be in oh. Please, Mr.
0: Kennedy, Uh-oh, I don't want so to go. Don't you so be over. in space. I sweat when they oh. stunk me in the pressure. Oh. And All right. So mm-hmm. we open with... uh President Dwight D. Eisenhower's uh, overlaid uh, uh, farewell speech as president, the one in which famously he uh, pointed out the threat of the military-industrial complex um, as a a new force in in American society and warning against its power. That is kind of overlaid um, as the opening credits uh, appear. Kind of giving a warning of some of the main uh, threats that play that are that play at hand in this film. Uh, We then switch to uh, some newsreel news archive footage of JFK, kind of outlining his, um, you know, his gaining of the presidency and then his acts as president specifically the film kind of using this to kind of create the initial impression of the, you know, uh, quote unquote wrongs that JFK is going to, um, do that, that lead to his assassination, how he goes against the, uh, traditional wishes of the intelligence agencies and the, uh, government players, specifically uh, dealing with civil rights, um, his, uh, the failure of the Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba, mm-hmm. uh, his, his, um, you know, his handling of the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis and kind of brokering that peace with uh, Russia and, and you know, de-escalating that. Um, and his overall more uh, optimistic and wanting to move towards more peaceful talks with the Soviet Union. Uh, We'd we love to hear that. We then uh, get a quick cut and we see a woman on a dusty dirt road thrown from a car. Uh, we then cut with her in the hospital as she is making claims about how they're going to kill the president. Uh, they're going to kill Kennedy. Uh, you know basically claiming all that and uh with doctors in disbelief we'll get back to her later uh meanwhile uh we then are shown basically through archival footage and recreation a kind of uh beat by beat as kennedy's motorcade goes through dallas leaving the airport heading through dallas of course finally uh down houston street and then uh famously Taking that uh, sharp, uh, you know, uh, curve and going up Elm uh, at Dealey Plaza. And of course, then we get the fateful shooting as it cuts to black. Mm -hmm. Uh, From there, we switch to, you know, from that kind of archival style uh, presentation to your traditional film uh, style. And in New Orleans, District Attorney Jim Garrison played by uh, a, a, every dad's favorite actor, Kevin Costner. Um, <laughs> He's like the eagles of actors. Right. He, he is watching TV. Uh, no, actually, sorry. He is in his office and he is told by an assistant, uh, one of his um, kind of fellow attorneys, that uh, Kennedy has been shot. Um, they head to a local uh, restaurant that has a TV So that they watch the the news reports. Meanwhile, at the bar, uh, you know, obviously, among mostly sad, solemn people, there are a couple clapping people going, you know, I'm happy that that son of a bitch is dead. You know, he was ruining our country. Um, in which we cut and we see two old guys at a at a different location, and one of them seems to be in much the same kind of. Manner uh, about how, you know, uh, this is the best thing that ever happened to this country, you know, here's to, here's to a new beginning. This man that we see, kind of a, uh, gruff and, uh, kind of a, kind of a gruff, um, you know, very, uh, old crotchety guy character is, um, guy banister who we're going to hear a lot about and plays an integral role here played by the recently deceased uh legend legendary actor ed asner um mm. who just recently passed away uh he's playing guy banister who is a local um private detective uh head of uh o- owner of uh, guy banister investigations um meanwhile uh back with the garrison as they're watching the tv they see that um of course police officer dallas police officer jd tippett is shot and subsequently lee harvey oswald is arrested at um a theater movie theater in dallas um and back at guy Bannister's investigative office um he accuses his his colleague and friend uh jack martin uh he he Upon arriving back to the investigative offices, Guy Bannister suddenly seems paranoid that his files had been gone through. And Mm. he kind of lashes out at his friend Jack Martin, uh, accusing him of having uh, gone through and even stolen uh, his files, his his confidential investigative files, resulting in... um, guy banister uh pistol whipping the f- shit out of uh Ooh. jack martin he was played by uh also legendary actor jack lemon uh i'm just say that guy banister is such a perfect name for a pi yeah it's very good it's a very good uh
1: yeah like he's grizzled Grizz- he can tell by it's the a name. very
0: grizzled name yeah yeah uh so um we cut to uh, more news footage and uh, I'll say in all of this basically everything in this film is recreation rather than using the real stuff so like uh, for instance um, even though like all of the scenes of him are you know uh, flashback of people's recollections or you know news footage and etc uh, Lee Harvey Oswald played by is played by Gary Oldman um, nice. uh, young Gary Oldman and um, gary youngman gary youngman uh at a uh press conference um they're asking oswald questions uh the press where he exclaims he's a patsy uh he claims his innocence um all this while garrison uh district attorney garrison watches at home kind of in disbelief his wife played by sissy spacek uh you know kind of taking the conventional stance and being like, oh, what a creep. He looks he looks like such a creep. I can't believe he'd killed the president. Um, at the press conference, someone asked Oswald, weren't you involved with some sort of uh, you know, Cuba-related committee in which someone in the back very clearly shouts out, the fair play for Cuba committee, very awkwardly. Uh, we'll get back to that later and who, <laughs> who the guy who called out that was. And... Um, all this leading up to um garrison kind of piquing his interest in in all this because he realizes that at one point um Har- Lee harvey oswald was located in new orleans and he sees this connection between this supposed assassin of the president in new orleans from a time when uh oswald lived in new orleans and supposedly handed out uh communist propaganda literature um meanwhile uh on the tv again uh the district attorney for dallas uh wade of course famously of roe v wade fighting roe yeah uh claims kind of uh you know basically uh condemns oswald on tv says oh he definitely did it you know he's a communist sympathizer uh you know he's he's definitely guilty uh they point out that uh again that uh, an important fact that'll come back oswald shot the president supposedly with a carcano rifle uh Mm -hmm. from the uh, texas school book depository building um some uh Uh, We we continue to see more of Jim Garrison's office as they kind of do this preliminary investigation involved with uh, with uh, about Oswald. Um, Some of the people in Garrison's office, uh, some of the actors who play uh, his kind of assistant um, attorneys include, uh, of course, Wayne Knight. Uh, famous for playing uh, Newman on Seinfeld as well as uh, it being in Space Jam but also uh, actor uh, Michael Rooker of course from uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer but also in more recent times uh, James Gunn films such as Guardian of the Galaxy uh, play um some of Garrison's they, these are kind of like, especially with Rooker's character. I know his character Bill uh, Blusard. Are he's kind of a, an amalgam of. Uh, he's not an exactly one to one like real person in reality, but he's kind of mm-hmm. more of a, a representation of some of the guys that worked with Garrison. Um, on TV, we see this weird picture of uh, of um, Oswald displayed that kind of becomes. Uh, a very disseminated picture of Oswald. It ends up being on Time Life magazine cover. Uh, Even to this day, you see it a lot of this awkward picture of Oswald posing with a rifle holding up a, um, like a communist newspaper, Um, but it's very kind of awkward and seems edited, which we'll come back to. Uh, And um, we see, of course, the fateful moment uh, where Oswald is being brought out of the jailhouse to be transported uh of the police station where jack ruby shoots him and he dies uh where shoots oswald of course oswald dies uh meanwhile uh on the tv it shows lyndon b johnson the newly sworn in president former vice president uh affirm basically vietnam and america's commitment to fighting in vietnam all this while of course, uh, other clips of the funeral of JFK is played. Meanwhile, in Louisiana, a guy named Dave, David Ferry, who is perhaps the most one of the most interesting people in, in this entire conspiracy and investigation, um, not only for his involvement, but for purely his physical look. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the film, he is played by none other than um, Joe Pesci, Yeah, and uh, joe pesci as was the real david ferry uh david ferry had uh alopecia or some sort of uh of hair loss thing resulting in this guy wearing very obviously like fake big uh eyebrows and (laughs) wig like red wig Um, um
1: like um Sit well
0: yeah, in, uh, much like much like the character in Arrested Development, but even even more like oh, no. 1960s, like uh, unbelievable, like not very oh, good looking. Uh, and and of course, uh, Joe Pesci does this great service. Um, but this guy David Ferry is brought in for having purported to have known Oswald while he was in Louisiana, specifically that Oswald was part of this civil. Um, what was it civil air brigade kind of association kind of like a uh kind of like a community sponsored national guard type neighborhood Mm -hmm. watch thing um david ferry is brought in by garrison because of this connection however Uh, He completely denies ever knowing Oswald. Uh, He mentions, uh, Garrison brings up, didn't you take a trip recently? uh, Ferry says, yeah, we took a trip to Houston, like right after the assassination for supposedly because they on the uh, spur of the moment decided to go ice skating him and his friends, as well as uh, geese hunting. However, Garrison is able to, you know, say uh, basically make him admit that uh, Oh yeah actually we didn't go geese hunting Because we, we, we wanted to But then we realized we didn't have any rifles We didn't have any rifles So we actually decided not to go um, Because of all this Kind of strange lying and talking about Lying about going to Houston uh, He is detained by Garrison however then we Are shown uh, for FBI Questioning however then immediately next We are shown the FBI releasing ferry uh and basically saying he did he didn't know oswald and he's innocent and they say you know this was not our decision to detain him this was all at the request of district attorney of new orleans garrison so he's kind of blamed for this uh and of course we get the uh introduction of the warren commission the united states uh, official investigation into uh the assassination of course headed by um Judge uh, on the Supreme Court, Warren, um, as well as uh, multiple other shady characters on the board, including, um, of course, former CIA director uh, Alan Dulles. Uh, Of course, he is uh, kind of a big figure in conspiracy because just fingers all in sorts of uh, shady CIA shit and this assassination, he's on the board. Even though he was fired by Kennedy as CIA director Uh, he is on the board of the Warren Commission for some reason despite being obviously a completely uh, biased party Um, so through this Warren Commission of course uh, they come to the conclusion oh it was just Oswald he was a lone nut Uh, it was just him he was a radical communist he was a radical communist sympathizer and decided to kill Kennedy open and shut that's uh, nothing else to see here folks all yeah, right. I mean, I think
1: you know we should take the easiest explanation that it was just him and call it a day. That's it.
0: Yep. All right. So that that is our that is our intro of the movie. Jesus, that's a dense intro. We cut. <clears throat> we cut to three years later. Uh, Garrison is on a flight with um, Senator uh, from Louisiana um senator uh uh russell long of course son of famous uh louisiana one uh former louisiana governor huey long uh the kingfisher as he was called uh here in which uh senator long uh is played by um of course the impeccable walter Matthau. uh mm-hmm. so garrison's on this flight with uh senator long and they are kind of, uh, you know, discussing this case. They're on their way to Washington for other reasons, but they're just kind of shooting the shit and long mentions how he, you know, doesn't believe at all that, that it was just, uh, you know, just Oswald and there was nothing else at play specifically mentioning how, uh, how did Oswald manage to shoot Kennedy three times with a bolt action rifle in only six seconds uh specifically how did uh the third bullet uh Oswald fired uh, account for seven wounds in both JFK in a, a combined seven wounds in JFK and who the guy who sat in front of him who was the I believe governor of Texas I want to say yeah I believe gov- I can't remember governor of Texas or um or mayor of Dallas I'm trying to remember um I'm not, I I I am trying to remember. Hold on. I'm going to look it up because I want to get this right. Texas okay. Governor John Connolly. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. governor. Uh yeah. So, how did one single bullet account for seven wounds? How did it travel that much, you know, in and out of bodies? Um So, this kind of this little short conversation kind of piques Garrison's interest and 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 inspires him to uh want to investigate further things mentioned by, uh, people as Garrison starts to, um, you know, look into this case. Lee Harvey Oswald was interrogated once he was arrested for 12 hours by the FBI, by the FBI with no lawyer present, uh, and no record kept of this interrogation.
1: That seems ethical.
0: So Garrison brings up, you know, why the hell would they do that? Because obviously all of that makes it not admissible in court, um, right. Because of uh, his his rights not being read to him, it, it being illegal. So wh- why would they, you know, do this? It, it would just screw them over. As well as bringing up how there are multiple witnesses who claim to have seen puffs of smoke and commotion, um, of course, at the famous grassy knoll on Dealey Plaza, uh, in the fence behind it. Um, you know, purporting that possibly there were shooters there. Uh, as opposed to just Oswald in the top of the School Book Depository building. Uh, Let's see. Also, random uh, transient homeless people pulled off trains in the nearby train yard to Dealey Plaza uh, and then never questioned or never heard about again in the Warren Report. All of this kind of like aloof threads in the Warren Report, uh, basically showing... The Warren Report is like sixty volumes long. It's basically like made to be unreadable. It's so dense, but like even even being that long, there are all of these loose threads that were never followed up. Sp- that like these ones I've been mentioning. Another one: how a rail yard uh, kind of manager at this rail yard right next to Dealey Plaza saw right before the assassination kind of strange cars. Uh, driving through the rail yard, seeming to see guys in the cars talking on walkie-talkies, um, as well as the fact go- delving into uh, Lee Harvey Oswald's incredibly strange background, uh, mm-hmm. which include uh, the fact that when he entered the Marines, he was, he was given a exam and, and taught to speak Russian, which was not at all uh, standard or common at that time. Uh, f- especially for someone like him Who was a radar operator um, Oh. Right uh, Further we kind of start With Garrison's investigation he, he literally is out and about in New Orleans With some of his colleagues And he shows them how th- So he shows them the address um, 351 Lafayette Street Which was uh, the f- aforementioned Guy Bannister Who died in the intermittent uh, Three years uh, Guy Bannister's private eye office, uh, and also points out how Guy Bannister—he's an ex-FBI agent, uh, also uh, like avid anti-communist and local organizer of the Anti-Communist League, as well as uh, kind of other associations and and connections with anti-Castro Cubans and anti-communists in Louisiana. They point out that uh that this this building on Lafayette Street uh has another entrance on the front side that has a different address, uh, but yet it's still the very much the same building. The same building that Bannister's office was in was also shared by Lee Harvey Oswald when Lee Harvey Oswald lived in New Orleans. Mm. And and this is all true. Lee Harvey Oswald operated out of the same building as uh, as Guy Bannister's, uh, you know, office, as well as this Fair Play for Cuba committee uh, that was very much anti-communist, as well as the fact that uh, while in New Orleans, uh, Oswald got in this fight with a bunch of anti-Castro Cubans while he was passing out communist uh, pro-Cuba pamphlets on the street um, even though it was Oswald who had contacted these anti-Castro Cubans and said, oh, I'd like to meet up with you guys, despite the fact that, you know, obviously they were diametrically opposed, supposedly, if Oswald is this big anti-Castro person, right. uh, or at pro-Castro person and they're anti-Castro. Um, but according to people who saw this incident, it almost kind of looked staged where, where they, where they got into this conflict on the street. Um, also... Um, let's see. Uh, um, Garrison points out how FBI agent Quigley interviewed Oswald in New Orleans after this fight with the anti-Castro Cubans, um, but uh, destroyed all of the notes he took in said session. Um, and this kind of uh, f- local this fight that got Oswald temporarily arrested. Gained him enough like local notoriety that he got on a TV debate, um, <laughs> where where it was like him on the pro Castro side and a uh, anti Castro Cuban kind of debating on a local news program. But strangely enough. Oswald's very specific, and then he's like, no, I'm not a communist, I'm a Marxist-Leninist. But, like, any real Marxist-Leninist is probably going to be like, yeah, you can just say communist. Being, like, weirdly semantic, even on this TV debate. Uh, Also, Garrison points out how literally uh, the Office of Naval Intelligence was uh, right down the street from this office building of guy bannister and harvey oswald uh specifically even the fact that guy bannister was previously a member uh, he was he was uh employed by the office of naval uh intelligence before he was with the fbi uh and garrison also points out how there are all these other uh Intelligence agencies like in New Orleans, it's very it was very much a hub. There were the FBI office, CIA office, Secret Service office and basically points, you know, asks why the hell would Oswald choose to come here to supposedly try to pass out and and disseminate this communist information pro Cuba stuff when it's basically like, you know, a a hotbed of, of intelligence agency. Activity. It's it's not particularly you know the best place for a for a you know. Sub, like he's sub... not gonna win any hearts this way. Right, right. Um. So. Uh, they go to the racetrack where they interview Guy Bannister's friend that he pistol whipped the shit out of, uh, <laughs> Jack Martin. Um, and Jack seems very kind of. Uh, he seems very kind of um, uncomfortable with the questions they're asking him. Um, he basically, but they get it out of him, um, he, uh, you know, says he's suspicious of Guy Bannister's very sudden death that that seems suspicious. Um, he also says that, um, you know, at Guy Bannister's office it was just constantly people coming and going for uh, anti-Castro Cubans, basically acting almost as like a staging ground, a, a strategic office. How uh, David Ferry was was there? Of course, our our, our wig wearing buddy David Ferry was there all the time. Um, that basically it seemed like it was a main supply line stop for so called Operation Mongoose, which was kind of a uh, run by run by the the feds kind of as a anti Castro kind of invasion plan. Uh, basically, tactical thing training these. Uh, cu- exiled Cubans to uh, potentially invade Cuba, um, yeah. and basically everyone knew, um, you know, that Bannister had all this stuff going on, uh, and that even um, that uh, there was a there was a camp like in a more rural part of New, New Orleans, basically run by Bannister and Ferry, uh, that was like for training guys for uh, invasion uh, training. Um, eventually after, after Kennedy, you know, kind of clamps down and says, you know, we're not going to do any more invasions. The Bay of Pig was a failure and I'm, I want to talk peace and, and cooperation. The FBI kind of, uh, uh, you know, busts the camp. But, uh, this Jack Martin, uh, who was associated with Guy Bannister thinks that it was all more of a show and that, uh, they all kind of knew they were on the same side. Uh, Mm -hmm. he even says that, uh, Jack even says that he saw, uh, Oswald with, with Guy Bannister and in the, in, obviously in the same office building and, you know, they seem to get along, you know, and it would be strange for a guy, supposed communist sympathizer like Oswald to, uh, just completely get along with Guy Bannister and seemingly be associates. Um, and, uh, even jack even purports that at one point a secretary brought uh, guy banister one of oswald's communist you know pro cuba leaflets saying mm-hmm. you know have you seen this he's do- he, you know how can is this allowed you know don't you hate this or something and uh guy banister said oh don't worry he's with us <laughs> um so um Let's see, what next? Oh, yeah, uh, Jack also claims at one point uh, this strange, kind of very fancy, out-of-place guy once came in to Guy Bannister's office, uh, kind of led there by Oswald, uh, to talk with Guy Bannister, uh, and it seemed very important because Guy Bannister kind of was like, uh, you know, being really polite and sucking up to him, which, as we mentioned, Guy Bannister, very gruff, uh, unpersonable guy, so it stuck out that he was very, uh, you know, Being nice, this guy supposedly named uh, uh, Clay uh, Bertrand, and in the film he's played by none other than Tommy Lee Jones. Ooh, I love me some Tommy Lee Jones. But uh, ultimately, so Jack says all this at the racetrack, and then basically is, uh, you know, kind of, he he gets scared with uh, the continued questioning and decides to leave. Kevin Costner tries to tell him, you know, you don't have to worry about anyone listening to us. You're fine. You can tell us. Um, to which Jack Martin replies, um, or actually Kevin Costner, Jim Garrison says, uh, nobody knows what we're talking about here to which, uh, Jack replies, oh, you're so naive. Uh, basically, you know, hinting at, uh, being paranoid of being listened to. Yeah. Uh, Garrison meets with a former, uh, law school friend, a guy named, uh, what was it, Dean Andrews Jr. Here played by none other than John Candy. Oh uh, Lord, you weren't kidding when he said this. This cast I know. Was stacked. And 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 this Dean Andrews guy is, is an incredibly fascinating character because he kind of talks in like like a like like jive beat poetry almost where he's like, Hey, Daddy, that's cool with me. And he's like, It's John. He's this big guy with like wearing sunglasses inside, and he kind of talks like. Uh, Sounds like Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> a bit, uh, yeah, but he's just big white guy. Uh, Listen, and, babe. And he uh, <laughs> and he and he tells he tells um, off the record tells Garrison how uh, he was asked by this uh, Bertrand guy to be Oswald's lawyer when Oswald wanted to get discharged from the military, um, but kind of Dean basically gets scared uh, to answer, and he says if he answers, he'll he'll be dead essentially um and he won't oh, reveal this real identity of of clay bertram because Cl- clay bertram is uh is basically a uh is uh is an alias so they want to know who the real who the real person uh clay bertrand is <laughs> Garrison visits uh, this guy in, in prison uh, in Louisiana called, uh, I want to say, what was it? James O'Keefe, um, I, I believe. It doesn't matter. I, I know for a fact this character, James O'Keefe, he's not uh, – this is one of the few characters that's, like, not a real uh, person. He's more of an amalgam of, mm-hmm. of a multiple sources but kind of made into one character for a narrative purpose. Uh, But the information he talks about is is essentially correct um, in in the facts. But uh, this O'Keefe kind of amalgam is played by none other than Kevin Bacon. Oh, nice.
1: Uh,
0: So they visit O'Keefe in prison, prison, and O'Keefe is in prison for uh, prostitution, specifically like homosexual uh, prostitution. Solicitation, kind of. Sure. Um. Obviously, it's the '60s, so especially in the South. So you know, even just being gay is enough, and 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 they get him on this kind of prostitution racket. Uh, basically, this O'Keefe, or you know, in in real life, the amalgam of guys that uh that he represents, uh, claim that Bert, that this uh, Bertrand character, Clay Bertrand, uh, hired him to uh, have sex. That Bertrand is gay, and and he hired uh you know young guys to to. You know be with him and kind of be you know escort him etc he this o'keefe character um specifically talks about how uh with bertrand they would have parties at david ferry's house uh and at these parties uh that he met uh oswald there that oswald was at these parties um along with uh ferry because it was his house and bertrand um but also there were like lots of these anti-castro cubans um, how at one of these parties, uh, David Ferry, while drunk talks about how he wants to kill JFK, uh, and says how, you know, how you would do it, how you would need like three locations with the diversion. And then, you know, the crossfire would, would assure that one of them would kill Kennedy. Um, and how, but one man, one of the shooters would have to be sacrificed, uh, basically uh, for the other ones to be able to get away. Um, Garrison brings up again, these transient homeless people that were supposedly arrested, uh, you know, that were pulled off train cars near Dealey Plaza on the day of the assassination and arrested, but Mm -hmm. they were, uh, the pictures of them were never published and they were pretty much let go by the police with, uh, with no further inquiry Um, And he also points out how in these pictures of them that were never published, they all look, for for transients, they all look very young, kind of well-groomed and put together uh, Mm -hmm. with nice clothes. So that seems strange. Like they were planted. Right. He wants to interview the the train yard kind of manager who saw these guys, as well as those cars uh, driving around with guys with Mm walkie-talkies. Uh, before the assassination however this train yard uh, manager uh dot was was found dead in his car on an empty road in rural texas um that's <laughs> that's not suspicious right this uh yeah, that's normal they get back to the woman we saw thrown from the car at the beginning of of the film claiming at the hospital, Oh, they're going to kill Kennedy. They're going to kill Kennedy. This was one of Jack Ruby's, uh, girls, Jack Ruby, of course, the guy who shot Lee Harvey Oswald and killed Oswald. Mm -hmm. Um, Jack Ruby was a Dallas area kind of gangster. He was affiliated with the mob out of Chicago. Um, he ran clubs as well as, uh, had prostitutes. So this girl thrown from the car was one of Ruby's, Uh, she also was subsequently killed in a, um, hit and run and, but before so, she claimed that Oswald knew Jack Ruby, making it even stranger that, of course, Ruby killed Oswald if, especially if they knew each other, why would one kill the other? Uh, further, um, so, uh, Garrett- garrison continuing kind of into oswald's extremely strange past again all of this true oswald was supposedly from a very young age like 16 17 18 was overtly marxist uh claiming you know supposed communist beliefs despite the fact that he was like in the military he was like espousing these beliefs with seemingly no repercussions specifically mm-hmm. even though he espousing these marxist sympathies and like oh you know sympathies for for the ussr even though he was stationed at a top secret base that um, spy planes were were flown out of and you would think that you know someone you think they would get him out of a, a top secret bit ba- you know top clearance base if this guy is espousing being you know sympathetic to quote-unquote the enemy for the military at that time yet he wasn't he was discharged to supposedly go take care of his sick mother uh, and however though after only a couple days he basically gets uh what little money he has and uh basically denounces his citizenship and immigrates uh, to to the USSR to Russia, uh, with oh, okay. with with little to no with little to no problem. Basically, renounces his citizenship in the United States. Goes to Russia. Um, while there, he, he faces very little scrutiny from from supposedly from. Um, you know, Russian intelligence. He's he's questioned some, but then immediately uh, let out. He goes to work at a radio uh, assembly factory in in Minsk, uh, Minsk. Sorry, uh, where apparently he had a fairly like decent life. He had a nice apartment. He worked this nice job. He ended up marrying the daughter of a Russian general. Uh, supposed and none
1: of this was like a red flag to anyone.
0: Well, supposedly. Uh, not long after Oswald was in, was you know went defected to the USSR uh, of course the um, spy plane piloted by um, I can't remember his first name but the last name powers uh, the the famously his spy plane was shot down over the USSR over Russia mm-hmm. uh, the spy plane which should have never been able to to of course um, you know been detected was shot down. Uh, leading to the peace talk between Eisenhower and and the Russian premier to completely dissolve and fall through because of this plane shoot-down. Now, you know, leading to there being conspiracy theories that Oswald was sent there specifically to give information about this plane so that it would be shot down specifically mm. for the purpose of preventing the peace talk. No, that's interesting. Um. So oswald of course in russia supposed you know he seemingly defected for for political reasons gets married there but then after only a couple years in russia uh it, you know he's still a very young guy he's like 22 at this point uh, oswald is uh he decides to come back to the united states uh from russia and he is he's able to obtain like legally he has issued a new passport in 48 hours, uh, you know, basically like re-granted his citizenship. Uh, he's not investigated at all. He's uh, not, uh, you know, he's not um, prosecuted for treason for defecting to the USSR and coming back. Uh, so not investigated, not prosecuted. He's not even debriefed by the CIA. He's basically just given a passport and let back in with no questions asked or very little questions asked. Uh, which yeah doesn't that seem odd for someone who's weird for America f- someone who defected to to the enemy of the Cold War is just like oh yeah sure you can come back we, we forgive you uh, don't worry about it um huh. yeah I don't trust it so once Oswald comes back to America he moves to Dallas and and guess who he, he becomes friends with uh, the most, un, again, kind of continuing this trend of him being friends with very seemingly uh, politically opposed people to his supposed communist beliefs. Uh, he becomes friends with a group of wealthy uh, Russians in Dallas, all of course anti communist being the fact that they're in America. Um, and basically becomes, like, really good friends with all these people, specifically the head guy of that kind of group, George de Mornschild, who was kind of an oil tycoon, uh, Russian-American guy. Um, he also, uh, is, um, George de Mornschild, this, this Russian guy, basically told the Warren Commission, um, you know, despite the fact that uh, that all these records showed that he was really good friends with Oswald and they got along, he's the one who told the uh, Warren Commission about Oswald buying this Carcano rifle, which in itself is a really weird part that gets brought up a lot, and for a valid reason. Oswald lived in fucking Texas in the 1960s. He could have gone to, like, literally any store and bought a rifle, walked in and out with, you know, paid in cash no traceable records. Instead, he mail orders this very, like, you know, not. it's not like it was especially good or anything. It was kind of like a shitty, just, like, average rifle. But for some reason, he instead mail orders this rifle from from Italy, uh, the Carcano rifle, leaving a paper trail, leaving, like, a trace of him buying it, instead of just literally going into anywhere and buying a rifle with no record. Uh, which... This, I- which which, which that De and Schultz tells the Warren report about, Warren commission about.
1: I'm really just like, like, I, I see how people get so like fixated on details like this for sure. Because it's, it's, it's like, just
0: ridiculous details on top of ridiculous details. It's
1: like, yeah, okay. A couple of these things happen. Maybe it's a coincidence, but like when so much of this shit happens like this, it's like that. God, no way. Like, there's no way that's all a coincidence and, like, all just bad planning, right?
0: These next people are another kind of amalgam uh, of real-life people. Um, in the movie, they're called Janet and Bill Williams. Um, uh, rather, um, uh, instead, they're more based on Ruth and Michael Payne okay uh but they're basically one-to-one representations just for legal reasons he changed it this is another group this is another couple who oswald befriends in texas um and he gets the job at the book depository building in dallas uh via um these janet and bill williams characters in the movie in real life ruth and michael payne um And, uh, meanwhile, Oswald, at this point, is fighting a lot with his wife. He's, again, he's still a young guy. He's only 24. He's younger than you are, Austin, right? Or are you 24 right now? No, I'm
1: 23.
0: You're 23, so he's only turning
1: 24 this year.
0: Right, so he's only, like, slightly older than you at this point. Uh, so Oswald ends up, uh, living in, like, renting a room in a house, living separately from his wife, while his wife moves in with these, uh, Uh, Michael and, uh, Ruth Payne characters, uh, people, real life people. Um, so, uh, also specifically, um, the Michael Payne worked, uh, he was worked with Bell helicopters and had links to the CIA specifically in, you know, supplying helicopters and working with the CIA. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, meanwhile oswald's wife has their second child um and to note when oswald is arrested and everything the wife pretty much says he's guilty however uh this was after the wife being basically uh not necessarily uh arrested but basically like in heavy lockdown and and surveillance for like two months uh so it's only after that that she is like yes he was he was guilty uh he was you know, he was the lone, you know, lone shooter. Um, meanwhile, while all of this is playing out, we get, uh, kind of a, you know, representation of someone photo, you know, photoshopping in the physical, literal sense that you would have to do in the 60s of this, uh, picture of Oswald I mentioned earlier, where he's holding the rifle, uh, with the communist newspaper. Uh, if you look it up here, I'll send you the link, uh, And you can even see in kind of this, in the actual picture, it's kind of very awkward, uh, especially if you look at his head. It mm-hmm. definitely kind of looks like, um, you know, like it, the head is pasted on the body. where he, And it's a very awkward picture because he's just, for some reason, decided to take this picture where he's standing and posing with a communist newspaper while holding his rifle. Um, and we, in the movie, are shown kind of someone, uh, you know, copy copying and pasting you know cutting out pieces of photo laying it on the other creating a new development of it um, and and making it's a very awkward picture making this picture specifically in the movie they point out how the shadow you see cast on his face uh isn't no, I was about to point that out actually it's not consistent with the shadow on the ground like the sun yeah. is in two different places right I was like
1: <laughs> no I was about to say something about the shadow on his face but then I like doubted myself and was like oh no you're just in a conspiracy mindset and like you don't know shit about photoshop but then well, it's like, oh nope that's that's definitely that's what like, they uh,
0: yeah that's what they bring up in the film um so also we talk about how uh so basically garrison at this point brings up what i mentioned a minute ago how oswald was not you know he this 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 reasonable this reasonable uh, accusation that oswald was never a real defector to russia Uh, basically, you know, his whole, this whole front of him being a communist sympathizer was basically a front that he was an, uh, even though maybe not like a literal agent of the CIA or FBI, but an asset, you know, basically, you know, uh, working with them, basically, you know, working in tandem with them. Uh, so, uh, and that he was one until he died and that, um, uh, therefore using this, you know, reasoning, If Oswald killed uh, JFK, then, you know, he was acting on behalf of the intel agency, but then there's the, you know, obviously as they go into, he probably, he might not have even killed JFK. He was just the setup, the Patsy, and it's these, this intel agencies that killed JFK. Um, They bring up that uh, nitrate tests say that Oswald on his body had not fired a rifle the day uh, that Kennedy was assassinated. Uh, then the rifle was never tested. Uh, the rifle was tested. Oh yeah. The rifle was never tested. His specific Carcano rifle was never tested to see if it was fired. Um, the FBI had the gun, thoroughly examined it, found like no fingerprints or anything. Only when the gun is returned to Dallas is then a random cop finds, supposedly finds Oswald's, uh, Oswald's um, handprint on the gun so the FBI finds nothing only when it's returned is Oswald uh, his handprint found on the gun and in the film it's 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 reasoned it possibly maybe they even took it off of him when he was sleeping they they brought in the gun and, and basically got the handprint while he was sleeping um, and uh, why again why was why did Oswald use this rifle when he could have uh, that he mail-ordered when he could have gotten an untraceable weapon from a store bought in cash. Um, yeah, literally. So, uh, again, we have more, uh, based on actual real-life uh, reports that uh, from people Garrison tracked down in real life, uh, different claims about people having seen shots fired and smoke coming up from the fence behind the grassy knoll, as opposed to the uh, uh, book building, the book depository, Uh, this one guy specifically says he even told authorities and yet nothing was done about it. Um, a girl who was driving nearby says she had, uh, seen a, uh, seen a stopped truck, um, and uh, a guy with with a wrapped gun uh get out of said truck when asked by the authorities to identify the guy driving the truck she identified jack ruby lee harvey oswald's assassin uh as driving the truck however this was uh this report was changed in the warren uh report uh as opposed to her actual statement which is that it was jack ruby uh, another woman says, uh, basically, um, you know, after Kennedy was shot, she saw a strange man running from the Texas school book depository building, kind of among the, uh, the moment of, uh, of, of chaos and, and frozen, you know, people unsure what to do. Um, mm-hmm. also, uh, this lady, uh, also claims she, she distinctly heard four to six shots Um, and when investigated by supposed FBI secret service members, she was told to change, basically change her story. No, you didn't hear, you heard three shots. You did not hear four to six shots. (laughs) Um, and again, these people all say their statements in the Warren commission, uh, that they gave were changed to be more unclear as opposed to these very clear, you know, it was Jack Ruby driving the truck. It was four to six shots. Um, this uh, uh an associate of jack ruby uh beverly who was a who was a girl that worked in one of his nightclubs and uh i'm not sure i am assuming she's kind of an amalgam but like based actual you know girls who worked in ruby's nightclubs and and worked for ruby on the uh, sex work side they 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 there are reports um you know along these lines of basically you know jack ruby's club which you know Lots of cops and foreign, you know, or not foreign, but out of state, you know, politicians, F, you know, agents and stuff like that all came and hung out at. Uh, specifically, one time Jack Ruby was when he was, you know, just walking through his club, he was introduced to Oswald. He was at his club, and so this further making this strange connection that Oswald knew his assassin Jack Ruby, which is, you know, very strange, right? That's. Oh, yeah. Purely a coincidence, I'm sure. Right. Uh, so, um, where was I? Uh, yeah, right. So, basically says um, that uh, the guy, and the guy Oswald was at the club at was none other. Uh, she She calls him, oh, I don't remember his name, but he was this weird-looking guy. He had really funny eyebrows. Of course, you know, in this case, who? who's the person with weird-looking eyebrows and hair? Of course, Dave Ferry. Uh, David Ferry. <laughs> Um so uh you know and this was just a few weeks before the shooting and she specifically remembers oh yeah that was Jack's when she saw Oswald on the news oh yeah that was Jack's friend um so we cut and we get some of Ruby uh Jack Ruby uh testifying in from his prison cell to the warrant to uh Judge Warren to the Warren uh commission saying that basically I can't tell you you know I can't tell you what I uh, the truth. Uh, while I'm here in prison, you have to take me back to to D.C. and do it there. I, I'm not safe to say it here, and that's all based on that's all based on you know verbatim on the Warren Report. Jack Ruby seemed very very cautious and concerned when he was uh, giving his statements on why he killed Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, To Judge Warren, again, leading, you know, a lot of this into was Jack Ruby somehow, you know, coerced and set up to, you know, have to kill Oswald uh, rather than just being, oh, he's a patriot and he wanted to spare Jackie Kennedy, the, you know, having to testify, you know, and basically, yeah, yeah, basically trying, it was a patriot trying to avoid, you know, doing justice by killing Oswald basically kind of murking the waters on that being like you know why what why did ruby kill him is it somehow connected you know so um meanwhile uh garrison in dallas basically at the uh school book depository building talks with his associate and as and basically uh they this is they go into the uh the the inconsistencies in oswald's shooting and how it, that uh, the FBI literally got their like top rifle, you know, snipers, and none of them could match Oswald's supposed performance. Again, this is three shots with a bolt action rifle uh, in six seconds. Right, which is kind of insane. Like two uh, seconds per shot. Right. Of like and these shots are incredibly, they they kill Kennedy. They're accurate. They're right. accurate so as like, hell. and he's in a again, a moving car. Uh, they bring. Yeah, so
1: you're telling me he's, this guy's good enough with a rifle that he can shoot once accurately and then bolt it and like still have the rifle in about the right place to make two more shots accurately. Like, right. Bolting a rifle is not as like easy as it looks in like Call of Duty or whatever the fuck. It's like it takes some muscle. Right. And
0: and in the, when he was in the Marines, Oswald got just like kind of a- middling average. Uh, grades on his riflemanship and of course when he was you know really doing his duty he was just a radar operator he wasn't an infantryman or a sniper so yeah very odd
1: training wasn't his like focus
0: right and they bring up how why why did oswald shoot uh jfk when they were coming around this uh this bend on elm street at Dealey plaza where it was very kind of like very limited very like short couple seconds of 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 being able to fire when just before that they came down the long straight Houston street that threw it through like the neighboring window on the, in the book depository building, he could have had, you know, 30 seconds to, to shoot on a straight uh, street that would have been incredibly much easier to shoot. And instead he shoots JFK on, on Elm street where it's uh, this, you know, awkward shot on a curve. Uh, it's, and and basically the 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 conspiracy justification is this for this is that the reason that Elm Street was where he was shot on this curve on Dealey Plaza is because it's the perfect spot for a triangulation of fire of someone in the uh, book depository building, someone in the building next to the book depository, and of course someone at the fence behind the grassy knoll, and basically making it kind of like a kill box, like you know triangulation area that that, like a fucking
1: like a a trap
0: yeah an execution ambush that's the only reason is that it's you know set up for 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 this three shooter teams to be able to make such a good shot as opposed to one person picking this really awkward difficult spot to shoot from uh they bring up how um yeah they bring up how uh, Dealey Plaza In this curve on Elm Street That goes through Dealey Plaza Was not on the original parade route For, for Kennedy's motorcade It was mm. changed at like the last minute oh, And and, and no one knows Specifically who uh, Who ordered this change uh, it, Or what possibly Could have been their motivation Right and the Dallas mayor at the time Was a former <laughs> FBI Deputy director Uh <clears throat> Who was fired? Uh, uh who was f- uh, fired by Kennedy? I believe. Um, he was also. Mm. He also knew people on the Warren Commission, such as Alan Dulles. So, like, you know, is it possible that the Dallas, uh, you know, officials changed this route because you know this Dallas mayor was somehow in the know, or at least to some degree told to, uh, because of his FBI connections that's not sketchy at all then the screen went dead and the announcer said there's been a tragedy are unconfirmed reports the president's been shot and he may be dead or dying talking stopped someone shouted what i ran out to the street People
1: were gathered everywhere, saying, did you hear what they said on TV? And then a guy in a Porsche
0: with his radio hit his horn and told us the news. He said the president's dead. He was shot twice in the head in Dallas, and they don't know by whom. So Garrison's investigation team finds out that this uh, Clay Bertram character, uh, sorry, uh, not Clay Bertram, uh, yeah, no, Clay Bertram character is actually a guy named Clay Shaw. So first off, I want to point out, like, I want to just say uh, that's kind of, d- if you're going to go by an alias, maybe change both the names, not just the last one. But um, <laughs> he is a, he, he was a, kind of New Orleans uh, businessman and uh, importer trader he, he was the owner of a play of the international tra- of a business called the um, International Trademark he helped start that and he was also kind of known in New Orleans for uh, his efforts to revitalize and preserve the French Quarter um, so this Shaw character uh, Clay Shaw his real name not Bertrand His alias uh he's discovered to be obviously this this Bertrand alias that we've been hearing about um and that he has been he has had sightings of him with Oswald uh all over Dallas the months uh before the shooting um actually sorry no sorry that's two different things sorry uh so yeah they figure out Bertrand is actually Clay Shaw Not Bertram with Oswald, but Oswald was seen in Dallas kind of almost like the set up uh, sightings of him in uh, Dallas months before the shooting kind of making really dumb, memorable interactions with people almost to kind of like seed his image in people's minds. The one in the movie they give is he tries to buy a car and it's like, oh, I can't believe these prices. How can you expect a working man to buy a car at these prices? Maybe I should go buy a car from Russia. Uh, and, and, and the guy's like, oh, well, maybe you should. And it's, I don't know that the, the veracity or if that, if that, uh, interaction is based on a real one, but I think if, if at the very least, it's kind of to give you that impression that supposedly Oswald or someone passing themselves as Oswald, as off as Oswald was making these very kind of like, uh, intentionally obvious, uh, statements kind of to try to make people remember him. Um, also there's all these weird disparities between the supposed height of oswald between what people claimed he was what he actually was that led people to believe maybe there were people who had interactions claiming to be oswald when it wasn't the real oswald uh this goes to supposedly at the same time oswald was in mexico visiting the cuba cuban embassy Uh, but there's no real evidence that oswald was ever in mexico Uh, leading to people to believe this is another kind of like, uh, someone claiming to be Oswald doing it kind of to further him, you know, as a communist sympathizer, maybe drawing in a Cuba connection, trying to, you know, frame it as, oh, Cuba hired Oswald to kill the president kind of a thing. Right. Um... It brings up again that weird post picture from Time Magazine, uh, which Oswald himself said, uh, that's not me. Uh, You know, it's some kind of uh, fabrication. It's my head, but I I didn't take that picture. Um, So uh, apparently Guy Bannister had... uh, um, was was using oswald's name to buy these trucks that he was using for his kind of cuban anti-castro cuban supply line he was using oswald's name for that which is weird uh garrison um garrison finally kind of confronts um clay shaw uh about the supposed you know information in the film of course from O'Keefe in real life, it was from multiple sources, but basically confronts this Clay Shaw guy about all of his interactions with people like David Ferry, uh, about soliciting sex from, from the real life inspiration for this O'Keefe character, doing like gay stuff, uh, specifically though tying him in with, with David Ferry of course Shaw denies all of this and is, is offended and, you know, you don't have any evidence, you know, etc cetera. Right, right. Um, so then we have Garrison and his team uh, being swarmed by reporters uh, immediately after having interviewed, you know, kind of informally questioned Shaw because now they are on the front page as investigating the JFK assassination. They suspect maybe that... Uh, because they interviewed Shaw, it was somehow leaked to the press, and now there's all this heat on them, all this scrutiny. When previously they were kind of keeping it under the radar, uh, this investigation thus far. Ferry David Ferry calls um, one of uh, one of Garrison's assistants and is basically like upset. Uh, irate, paranoid about this being making the newspaper, and Ferry is basically like uh, worried that he's a dead man. He's all he's all paranoid. Um, basically, they they get like a, a a room for at a hotel. They meet they meet David Ferry where Garrison talks to him and is like you know. It's gonna be all right. We'll protect you. You know why are you afraid? Uh, David Ferry kind of breaks down. in a, this is a really great scene performance by Joe Pesci, where he's where he's playing David Ferry, and he's like just like he's at like the height of his like paranoia. Uh, he's just like freaking out, uh, and Ferry mm-hmm. basically admits that he knew Oswald, uh, through the civil air patrol, uh, and the CIA, that, uh, you know, the CIA and that they're all connected to Clay Shaw and also, uh, connections to the mafia and how, um, the CIA was specifically working with the mafia to, to aid these anti-Castro Cubans to, you know, fight against Cuba. Of course, the mafia having interest in Cuba because pre-Castro, um, during, the uh the the former uh reign of cuba the dictatorship the mafia made huge amounts of money running casinos in cuba of course all of that ending uh with castro and the revolution so the mafia working with the cia against castro um so basically you know david ferry ba- admitting all of this uh extremely paranoid uh and afraid uh, only a couple days later, uh, after finding out that their office is bugged, Garrison finding out that their office has been bugged, uh, and not not sure not by you know not sure who by, uh, they find out that Dave Ferry is dead uh, in his apartment. They find him dead uh, of uh, you know basically a heart attack, uh, mm-hmm. but they you know don't. It basically looks like a staged suicide. They find suicide notes. I'm saying that in quotation marks, but they're unsigned. Uh, they find a drug that raises the metabolism that if you take too much of it, it would basically cause a heart attack, uh, which, you know, the the conditions it's used to treat, Ferry was not known of having. Uh, basically, it looks like Ferry, it was a staged suicide of Ferry. Obviously, you know, his paranoia previous to it leading to those theories.
1: Um that sounds like a lot like Kurt Cobain's quote suicide. Sure. Sure. Like, oh, so you're you mean to tell me that we found notes on Courtney Love's person where she was practicing his handwriting, but like you're just gonna take his suicide note at face value? Sure, 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 cool, cool, cool. Yeah.
0: Also, one of Fairy's kind of Cuban contacts also, found dead in Miami, hacked to death with a machete in his car. Oh, my God. What the fuck? So, uh, this, uh, the Michael Rooker character, uh, Bill Blussard, who, again, is not a he's, – he's a fictionalization. He's kind of an amalgam of, of, of multiple people who worked in Garrison's office uh, on, his, on his team, on his uh, district attorney's office. He's threatened by a, an FBI agent he knows basically to drop the case to quit. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Garrison flies to uh, Washington to meet with an anonymous source played by Donald Sutherland who, who says, okay, they meet in person, but he's like, uh, he won't give his actual name. He says, you can just call me uh, Mr. X. I will say it now is known in real life who he is. It was a guy because this meeting actually happened. And he actually purported, you know, this guy actually claimed these things. Uh, He was a guy named Leroy Fletcher uh, Proty, who um, was chief of special operations for the Joint Chiefs of Staff under Kennedy. He was a former colonel in the Air Force, and he used to run black ops operations with the CIA and the military. So uh, this uh, Proty in the movie, of course, going by uh is this anonymous moniker of mr x meets garrison and basically tells him you know i was i was i worked for black ops for for the military for the cia he rattles off all this all these places they intervened in you know uh italy and 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 europe after world war ii setting up uh and and rigging elections of course everything in southeast asia in south america you know you know all the stuff Mm -hmm. um rattles all that off basically explains how um the intelligence community you know the pentagon the cia the fbi etc was extremely pissed off by kennedy stopping further cuba invasion plans after the bay of pigs uh disaster and how kennedy was planning on uh wanting to take men out of vietnam which is the actual case kennedy was very much interested in basically kennedy had this turn Kind of in the middle of his of his tenure, where he very much kind of he he, he, kind of like his his the blindfold was taken off. He kind of realized that how bad the Bay of Pigs invasion was because it was basically told it was basically laid out and planned already and basically just gotten his approval by the uh, you know his chiefs of staff and the intelligence community. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that and the Vietnam War, Kennedy kind of. uh, had his eyes opened and 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 started to push back against the the you know higher up in the intelligence community and the national security agencies and departments he wanted to take men out of vietnam he was literally starting to draft up proposals about getting the men out of vietnam uh he you know basically was starting to do all these things that really were stepping on the toes of the intelligence agency but this uh prudy guy uh mr x this anonymous source real life prudy uh he was sent it, he was basically in the midst of all of this and he's randomly sent by his su- uh superior officer to the south pole uh on a vague pseudo vacation slash like i guess to check in with like the research station kind of out of the blue uh yep. and not until he is on his flight back uh, he's he's in New Zealand on his trip back from the South Pole when the news of Kennedy's assassination breaks, and it's literally only hours after it happened. The assass- Kennedy assassination happened in Tech in Dallas, and in the New Zealand papers, uh, they already have like extensive detailed information on oswald on his communist connections all of this leading uh prudy who like has experience in cia you know operations and black ops uh to suspect that it's like you know an op because like they already have like the press rollout worldwide ready to go on oswald on their on their patsy um he he mentions how um on the day of the parade, that uh, extra security that was supposed to be assigned to JFK via Secret Service and the Dallas Police and the local—I want to say—National Guard were taken off unexpli- unexplicably, Oh, we don't need them for the parade. Uh, and of course not. Basically, he outlines how the parade security protocol was just absolutely busted and fucked up, and like. Beyond what would be acceptable or or even possible, unless it, unless people wanted it to, um, he brings up how after the Bay of K- Pigs, Kennedy was like, "Okay, I'm done with uh, with 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 taking the orders and uh, from you know CIA, FBI, Pentagon. I'm direct. I'm I'm going to directly through my Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, you know, uh, control all of this from now on." all covert ops will be, uh, under the authority of my joint chiefs of staffs. So basically like trying to end the reign of the CIA. Um, and how, uh, and, uh, so, so again, stepping on the toes of, of, of these agencies, uh, Prudy brings up how project Mongoose was being run out of Miami against Cuba by the CIA. How, uh, basically bell helicopter again if you remember that from earlier with oswald's connections uh bell helicopter and the f1 they were you know helping stimulate the economy with vietnam of course helicopters being like the big thing of choice all of this going to say that um that uh you know Kennedy wanting to end Vietnam, wanting, literally wanting to forge a cooperation in, in the space race and cooperate with the Soviets on space uh, exploration, as well as a nuclear treaty with the Soviets... Um, all of this led to basically implying all of this is what led to the assassination because Kennedy was trying to stop or at least slow down substantially the, the war machine, uh, that drives, you know, our economy drives our, you know, uh, the money and the power of this country. And that's what got him killed. Um, LBJ is quoted he, we're 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 talk, they tell they talk about how LBJ after he takes office tells the uh, basically you know heads of these agencies uh, get me elected and I'll give you the damn war about Vietnam and of yeah, course I've was that. I've actually yeah, heard that quote yeah, before of, which of course was true because you know as I mentioned they show at the beginning LBJ signs and, and affirms America's commitment to fighting in Vietnam um, and uh Basically this Donald Sutherland, Mr. X character, you know, again, in real life, this, uh, this former, um, chief of, uh, operations and colonel says, uh, to, to Garrison, Jim Garrison says, uh, they would have killed you already. Uh, but you're, you're getting a lot of light. So they're trying to destroy your credibility, uh, which we start to see a lot of, um, because in the next scene on TV, uh, running news programs with NBC, and this is all accurate of the time. Garrison was heavily smeared. Uh, there were there were like all these. There was slander against him, saying that his department were you know forging uh, witness statements, were harassing and intimidating witnesses, and drugging witnesses. Um, none of which is substantial or true. Basically, you know, saying that all the conclusions and of conspiracy his department had 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 started to unravel where were complete, you know, BS and that, uh, you know, basically trying to, um, uh, you know, ruin his name as much as possible. Uh, meanwhile, and I'm assuming this is one of the more fictionalized scenes, but I think it plays fairly well. Um, uh, but, uh, at home Garrison watches on TV as the reports come in about M Martin Luther King Jr's assassination. Um, meanwhile, uh, there's a phone call at his house of which his daughter picks up and there's like a weird threatening phone call being like, Oh, Hey little girl, you know, we, you know, you've been entered in a beauty pageant. Like, uh, what time do you get off of school every day? And all this kind of creepy wanting to asking your information leading to Garrison getting in a fight with his wife about it. Cause she's obviously upset at all the time he's dedicating to all of this and, and neglecting right. the family and all that kind of stuff. Um, Talk. You know he was on his way meanwhile we go back to the investigation they bring up how oswald about a month before the shooting visited the uh fbi office wanting to speak with the um wanting to speak with that same office that same agent he spoke with in new orleans that destroyed the record of their conversation. However, he wasn't there. So Oswald leaves a note. Uh, Supposedly that note was, uh, was, was, uh, you know, saying something about killing the president, but the, FBI destroys the note Oswald left, left them, which is incredibly odd because if it was incriminating or, like, you know, threatening in some way, they would definitely save it for evidence. And yet, instead, they are ordered by their superior to destroy the note Oswald leaves. Therefore, obviously, people thinking that possibly this note had something to do with the, you know, conspiracy and plot, uh, them wanting to destroy it because, uh, you know... It's uh, incriminating in some way. On November 17th, only a couple days before the assassination, uh, a telex, you know, kind of like a fax uh, of that time, went out to all of the national FBI offices, of which a like, late-night clerk saw and reported, uh, which is on the record. Uh, that uh, a warning was sent to these offices of, of a possible of a threat of you know a threat that, that someone purported of there going to be an assassination in Dallas against Kennedy. Uh, this threat sent out to all these FBI offices. Literally nothing is done about it, and the this telex copy is basically removed from the office after the investigation happens. Either obviously viewed as uh, them covering their ass for missing it. Or intentionally getting rid of it because they were a part of it. Um, Oz, now they, they, uh, they, Garrison and his team, you know, are are hypothesized about how maybe Oswald was told to meet his, you know, agency CIA FBI handler at the book depository at that specific time and ended up being set up uh, to be there at the right place at the right time to get framed for the killing. Um, the mob angle again is brought up. Was it, maybe the mob killed it. Maybe it's not the agencies, but, uh, Garrison kind of, uh, explains how, which makes a lot of sense that the mob is definitely probably involved, but they weren't like this. They weren't the, the brain of the operation. They were probably involved at a lower level. Again, Jack Ruby who killed Oswald, uh, heavy mob ties, um, through his illegal dealings and clubs. So definitely, you know, they're being mob connections again, mob connections to all of the anti Castro Cubans. Uh, let's see. Um, we're winding down here. We're getting towards the end. Uh, Let's see. Um, Garrison uh, – oh, yeah. The uh, Michael worker like, storms out. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not a real person, but I'm assuming something similar happened. Uh, but uh, Garrison, like, affirms his trust in him. Garrison goes on a talk show – uh, I'm not sure what real talk show it's based off of, but it's definitely based off of a real event. And on the talk show, he starts to try to show those pictures of those transients that they arrested at Dealey Plaza. But then, like, we never heard anything else about him again. But the guy on the 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 host and his, like, producer basically, like, shut down the interview and cut to commercial and don't yeah. let Garrison show the... Uh, the the pictures on tv once garrison is Damn, i feel I'm, I'm
1: like picturing it like the dr
0: manhattan interview and in watchman where it's like
1: where they start asking all the hard questions and the people are like, "Whoa, well, don't, don't don't piss him off. And then he like makes the whole studio vanish.
0: Yeah, I, well, I bet Garrison wanted to do, do – you know, I wish he had – he probably wished he had those kind of powers.
1: Yeah, honestly. Uh,
0: after Garrison is traveling home from the talk show, uh, the Bill character, Michael Rooker, comes back and he's like, oh, I came back because I heard there was going to be an attempt on your life. Garrison basically is like, what did I tell you about, you know – bothering me with all these you know rumors of uh, of threats they're, they're not real you know just go back home you know don't worry about it however then he has kind of a, a moment of uh, of strange paranoia where he feels like he's being uh, cornered and followed in the airport um when he when he gets back home garrison is told that bill ought, uh, or uh, is had turned himself into the feds because he was spooked and and decided to turn himself in i'm not sure in real life if i'm assuming that to some degree is based on garrison members of his staff uh turning over information and themselves to the feds um obviously next uh a big moment again probably fictionalized but it's a decent moment robert kennedy is shot which garrison watches on tv kind of in stunned shock um The Robert Kennedy assassination, a whole can of worms on its own of weird facts and and moments and conspiracy that we don't even have time to get into. Um, (laughs) But anyway, all of this leads up to Garrison going to court. He's decided, you know screw every screw you know basically we're we got to do what we got to do we're going to take this clay shaw guy to court and kind of use this prosecution against him to kind of use it as a as a moment to kind of start you know as a to kind of use it as a use use prosecuting him to kind of reveal all of our information about this conspiracy um so uh at first thing and 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 I, a lot of the people who are like, oh, this movie's complete fiction, it's it's all lies, they really like to focus on this courtroom, this this court trial and uh, as being fake, which is, that's true. A lot of this court ending court part is fictionalized, mm-hmm. but it's less because Stone is trying to say, oh, this is what actually happened in the court trial. It's more of a thematic narrative device to show off basically all of these conclusions of the conspiracy that Garrison came to and it's just convenient to do it via this trial uh ending trial I mean the trial actually took place but all of this like uh unraveling the conspiracy and explaining it that Garrison does uh didn't necessarily happen in the courtroom but it is good because it kind of sums up everything we've been talking about so in the trial at first, things aren't going well. Uh, a lot of the witnesses are discussed, like uh, the Kevin Bacon uh, kind of gay guy prostitute character O'Keefe, obviously dismissed for for obvious reasons, as well as other character witnesses who who say they saw H- Oswald and Clay Shaw together. Uh, one of which is like a, a heroin addict, of course, black guy mm-hmm. heroin addict, dismissed for you know care, you know, oh he we can't trust what he says, etc. Um, right the police officer who arrested shaw initially uh and shaw admitted when he asked do you have any other aliases to the police officer it's told him clay bertrand uh that officer is dismissed by the judge saying oh uh it's inadmissible in court because his rights wouldn't weren't read and uh garrison is like his rights were read before we started the actual you know interview the actual interrogation there's nothing that says his rights have to be read before the rudimentary uh information is being taken down basically like that that police witness is completely dismissed so it seems kind of like they're screwed over on the shaw front which then brings into uh garrison really starting the the his 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 explanation of the conspiracy this kind of bringing together all of these points the movie has been talking about lee uh first with Garrison displaying the famous, of course, now famous Zapruder film uh, shot of the Kennedy assassination by Abraham Zapruder, uh, who was at the parade with a super 8 millimeter camera. Before the Zapruder film, I'm, it was released sometime, I believe, in the 80s, like finally shown on TV. But in the 60s, when all this is happening, it had been bought by Time Life uh, and basically kept like in a vault never shown. Uh, which again is suspicious. but uh, Garrison is able was able to get the Zapruder film and use it as evidence. And he points out how uh, uh, all the inconsistencies with how Kennedy was shot. He says he points out how a nearby bystander was hit by bullet shrapnel, uh, but this bystander was like way away from the motorcade leading to how how was supposedly oswald firing three shots how did it lead to this bystander getting hit as well as the seven bullet wounds um that were left in kennedy and uh the governor of texas uh in front of him in the car Mm -hmm. um this bringing in of course the famous uh, magic bullet uh, that supposedly the, f- the, f- the, the, the final shot by Oswald, if, if we're to believe he only took three shots, the final shot by Oswald had to basically enter Kennedy, uh, curve in midair... To then go in an opposite direction to strike the uh, governor of Texas, then turn again to hit the governor's, go through the governor's wrist, then turn again to hit the governor's leg. Uh, basically like a, 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 a bullet <laughs> traveling a ridiculous path that could never happen. Garrison pointing out how supposedly on the stretcher uh, that Kennedy was carried into the hospital on, a perfectly non-deformed bullet was found, which he then compares to a bullet that was shot through just a test that would, as if it was going through a wrist bone, and the bullet is already like half flattened. So how did this bullet on the gurney, that's supposedly the bullet that struck Kennedy, uh, how it, how is it pristine condition if it literally is this magic bullet that had to make like all of these, all of these seven wounds on uh, on on, on uh, Kennedy and 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 Connolly, the uh, governor.
1: Well, it's because it had a very small man piloting it.
0: Yeah, it was a little tiny guy in a cockpit. It was a yeah. tiny remote control helicopter bullet. Uh, yeah,
1: which takes us back to the helicopter factory.
0: Right. So um, so basically uh. They, they they also bring up how, uh, you know, because this mal- magic bullet, therefore there couldn't have just been three shots between the the magic bullet and the first bullet that hits JFK's throat, the random strapnel bullet that hits a bystander way far away from the car, and this third magic bullet that couldn't have happened. Therefore, to make all of these injuries, there had to be a fourth bullet, therefore... He couldn't fire four shots in fucking six seconds with a bolt-action rifle. Uh, no, no, there no. had to be a second shooter, therefore the conventional narrative we've been told is wrong. He then, kind of bringing up a point we, we touched on a bit, um, the medical examiners at the Dallas Hospital reported a huge, you know, blown-out skull bullet wound on JFK uh, with his quoting they said his head basically had taken off about a fourth of his head was missing uh however when the body was illegally moved by the government to a military hospital uh outside of dc uh the results were completely different and inconclusive uh and that the whole the wound was supposedly much smaller and cleaner uh also the uh military doctor on the stand is uh is reports that he was told by people in the uh, in the examination room, um, you know, oh, you don't have to look into that any further. That's that's fine as it is, uh, you know. Basically, kind of directed to make certain conclusions. Uh, Garrison brings up how the limousine that they were riding in was not thoroughly, you know, uh, investigated. It was almost it, it was directed to be immediately cleaned, uh, and that. Garrison's office to see a, a request to see a copy of the autopsy was report was revoked, as well as, as you brought up earlier, the location supposedly that housed uh, JFK's brain. Uh, they wanted to be able to investigate and study that, Garrison's office. And as you brought up earlier, supposedly the brain is missing,
1: <laughs> which is, again... That, it, it blows my fucking mind. I'm trying
0: to remember where... Uh, Do you remember where it was that housed the brain, supposedly, that was like, oh, shit, it's missing? I want to say it's like the National Archives. That's what it was. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, his brain is, like, missing, supposedly, anyway, from the National Archives. uh, So they can't view it. Um, And uh, so also, basically, Garrison starts to run through the events of the shooting to kind of recreate it as what actually as what he believes actually happened. So, there was a guy who had an epileptic seizure right near Dealey Plaza right before Kennedy got there. And supposedly they believe this is possibly like a distraction as while this is happening, the three teams necessary for the shooting moved into place. Again, one in the book depository where Oswald supposedly was, uh, one behind the fence on the grassy knoll and one in the building adjacent to the book depository. Um, that uh, there were uh, also security people in the crowd. And then, of course, when Kennedy's car pulls in, there's a series of shots in that kind of kill zone triangulation area. Of course, the final shot, as shown on the Zapruder film, if you've watched the Zapruder film, which I'm assuming you've seen at least once Mm -hmm. before, Austin, that final shot that you can see, you see it on the grainy film, blow a piece of Kennedy's head off, he, he moves back and to the left which the book depository was aiming behind JFK. Therefore, How did the bullet blow, momentum-wise, make JFK blow backwards if it's going through the back of his head, supposedly? Hmm. And He's and Garrison points that, that out back into the left, back into the left, uh, which is parodied in a, in a wonderful Seinfeld episode, if people have seen it. There's a wonderful Seinfeld episode where Kramer and, and, uh, and Newman, again, Newman is in this movie, the actor who plays Newman on Seinfeld, uh, talking about accidentally um spitting or uh, a baseball player uh thinking they spit on him or they then thinking a baseball player spit on them because he was mad and and it's like uh, oh there was a second spitter and it's like a whole parody of this it's very funny um but uh yeah again so yeah how did this back into the left shot happen if it was oswald obviously it's not because it was one of the other shooting teams specifically the one on the fence so there's also all these reports of mysterious people flashing secret service badges in the uh in the ensuing crowd, you know, chaos afterwards and people getting uh, arrested for unknown reasons and never reported. Uh Oswald is claimed to so someone from the book depository claimed that oswald was in the break room uh eating and drinking a coke uh that makes him not on the sixth floor where he's supposed to have been to do the shooting until literally right before the shooting uh again um compounded by a, a worker who was sitting on the sixth floor having us having a sandwich um supposedly only like 15 minutes before oswald was up there to shoot so oswald apparently like was not up there if we're to believe the action the, the conventional narrative he like ran up there incredibly quickly shot and shot uh and like not not a lot of time to set up which seems odd
1: that sounds like an impulse decision. Like he's drinking Yeah, he's just truck. like, he goes, fuck, I'm going to go up.
0: Wait, the president's coming through. Oh,
1: fuck, I got my rifle on and the I'll,
0: first floor. Yeah, like, oh, I f- yeah, I left my rifle. Uh, I might as well shoot him. Um, might as well. I'm feeling, feeling cheeky today. And then on the second floor, uh, a witness, a police officer and an employee, 90 seconds after the shooting happened, uh, there was a police officer running through the building kind of like, you know, trying to find the shooter, I guess. he ran. In, they ran into Oswald on the second floor, not the sixth floor, the second floor, 90 seconds after the shooting, which two people, you know, again, two people saw him because the police were like, you work here. The other employee was like, yes, he works here. Um, So and he didn't seem out of breath or anything like he just ran down uh, five flights of stairs. Uh, But so, yeah, like 90 seconds, he bolts out of the sixth floor, supposedly, and somehow on the second floor again, seemingly impossible. And Oswald then doesn't like immediately try to get out of the building as quick as he can. He like meanderingly like buys a Coke, which again, someone sees him do. And then strolls out the front entrance of the building, where all this, you know, like, uh, you know, easily, you know, seen, not the, not the uh, quick covert exit. He just kind of casually walks out the front of the building. Uh, then supposedly Oswald uh, goes to the house he's in, then uh, leaves, and he has to go uh, a mile in six minutes to be able to shoot officer Tippett in the part of the neighborhood where he got shot. So somehow Oswald ran, you know, he had to run a mile in six minutes, uh, to shoot yeah, this officer. Doing,
1: six minute mile.
0: Yeah. He had to run it to shoot this officer, then go back the opposite direction to go to the movie theater where he was arrested. Uh, and, and then all on top of that, witnesses who saw the shooting of this officer say that it wasn't Oswald. Someone even said that they saw two shooters. Um, then, of course, Oswald identified by the police of like, oh, we think this is the guy who did it and shot this police officer just right. now, uh, then uh, identified and tracked to the theater in, like, record time. Like, somehow they knew almost immediately, oh, we got to go arrest this Oswald guy. Oh, and he's at this theater. it's It's uh, been uh, theorized that he was at the theater because uh, possibly maybe he was supposed to meet his, like agency contact there or something. But anyway, they they arrest him at the theater where of course, you know, he he he's arrested and begins claiming stuff like, you know, I'm a patsy. I didn't do it. That kind of stuff. So, um all of this points the finger at, you know, the intelligence agencies, the government, uh and the conspiracy, a state of decay. Jim Garrison, Kevin Costner playing Jim Garrison gives this nice like final cheery-eyed speech talking about, you know, it's our responsibility to stand up for the truth and uh, and and decency, all this. Of course, you know, the final verdict, because he basically had nothing on Shaw uh, conclusive. Shaw's considered innocent. Garrison uh, loses the case. However, Garrison uh, eventually ended up on, like, the uh, state court of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. His career was able to continue on, uh, he, he, of course wrote the book that this movie is partially based on and literally Shaw after his death in the 1970s, it was admitted a uh, CIA. I want to say, hold on. Let me pull it up. I just had it up a second ago. After Shaw's death, uh, Richard Helms, uh, former director of the CIA testified that Shaw had worked with the CIA specifically, uh, in Latin America. Oh my. And it ends, with, uh, it ends with a nice final quote uh, or like phrase that says, what is past is prologue kind of, uh, you know, saying this is all in the past, but it's only the beginning because there's still truth that needs to come out. And that's the plot and also ex- explanation of the conspiracy of Oliver Stone's JFK and the Jim Garrison investigation, the assassination of JFK. That's insanity. We'll Austin, that's the, you know, the pieces of the JFK conspiracy, uh, you know, as unraveled by District Attorney Garrison, uh, and as uh, retold by Oliver Stone in his film JFK. Uh, What do you think?
1: I'm, again, like, you know, I knew a little bit about this. I knew that there was definitely some fuck shit going on. I knew that it was... Not as cut and dry as people say, but like Jesus Christ, that's a lot of, a lot of little coincidences, huh?
0: Yeah, the thing, and I wanna, I wanna say, yeah, there's tons of weird, just weird. Is that here? That oh, yeah, seems... that's here, huh? Uh, they, they're coming to get me. I know too much. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, lots, yeah, like you said, lots of weird details. It is, in many ways, the mother of all conspiracy cases because there are so many parts at play and and, and strange characters and details. Uh, but, you know, that being said, at the end of the day, all of the details don't matter as much as the, you know, what, what is to be learned from the JFK assassination and conspiracy. Um because what, what it boils down to, if, if, like me, you, you know, believe that to some degree, yes, there was a conspiracy, uh, it boils down to, you know, a conspiracy involving this kind of uh, action, as talked about here and in Garrison's report and in further stuff since, which I'm going to link to different sources, both the garrison, the books this movie is based on, as well as other stuff that I've taken information from and looked at at in the past. There's some really good places to kind of continue your reading uh, if you're listening to this and and wanting to learn more. Uh, Good sources, I'll link. Um, But, yeah, uh, it boils down to JFK started to make this turn to kind of be of a more uh, peace-seeking, going against the conventional intelligence agency, military status quo of the of America. And in turn, he was uh, eliminated for it uh, by the, those very agencies, is what it boils down to. Because yeah. he was a threat to their mode of operation.
1: Yeah, he absolutely was.
0: And, you know, obviously... With the conspiracy, it's it, it almost feels like there's so many moving parts and and pieces that it, it almost feels obstructive, like the Warren Report in its ridiculous length, uh, rambling length that ultimately doesn't provide much information, uh, and and has a lot of loose threads. The the conspiracy details themselves feel almost obstructive in that it's supposed to be it, it almost feels so like hard to to piece together all of these rant crazy details that it makes people you know not want to investigate further um, but but like I said it's not so much the detail obviously like it's important that you know we we try to figure out all the how all these parts played together and who is responsible but like the 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 what to learn from the JFK conspiracy uh, is in all of these random crazy characters and details it's 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 why it happened and uh, And, you know, rather than how. It's why rather than how. Of course, the how is incredibly interesting, all of this weird, crazy stuff. But the how. Right, the how is the point. Um, And I, again, want to bring up how this movie, much like Jim Garrison in real life uh, and the character in the movie, uh, this movie has been completely smeared uh, since its relief to this day. Um, I'm just looking up. Oliver Stone, JFK, on on Google now, and I'm going to read some just things I read on on the headline. Uh, Yeah, Oliver Stone, JFK, Truth. And we've got uh, stuff like, you can thank Oliver Stone's sensationalized 1991 movie for the JFK document release, so obviously calling it sensationalized, but also bringing up a good point, this movie and the attention it got did... um, did impact uh the uh assassin by causing the uh assassination record review board um to release um some of the documents on president kennedy's assassination most are now released um but uh not all yet and so Mm -hmm. it did have some and no huge revelations have come from that yet but uh, it's certainly still a good thing, and we can thank the movie for that. But, again, this title is called – in this title, it calls it Sensationalized Movie. Uh, what else do we have? Um, Oliver Stone revi- – uh, no, that's just he's, – he's coming out with a new documentary that's like an am- addendum to the movie, and mm-hmm. I'm curious to see that. But uh, here we go. Another one, The Guardian. Oliver Stone's JFK, A Basket Case for Conspiracy. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. Um. Oliver Stone's JFK, a masterful blend of fact and fiction. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, yeah, this is, the, this is the big one. In 91, the New York Times ran Oliver Stone under fire over the killing of JFK. This was before the movie even came out that, all, that the New York Times ran this piece kind of like denouncing the film as, uh, as, as being controversial. Um, oh, here's another one. Telegraph from the Telegraph out of the UK. Why Oliver Stone's JFK is the greatest lie Hollywood ever told. What the fuck? Uh, manipulation of truth in Oliver Stone's JFK. Uh, yeah, um, Jeez, it's not subtle. So yeah, just smearing, despite the fact that like. If you look up, oh, Oliver Stone, JFK movie, Truth, it has all this stuff being like, oh, it's it's fiction, it's conspiracy, it's sensationalized. But if you look up each individual thing, you'll see a lot of these facts have been corroborated. All these little facts about Dave Ferry and his weird shit, all of these weird inconsistencies in uh, in Oswald's life and, and his weird, you know, supposed communist uh, sympathies, but con clashing with other things in his life and, and it seeming weird that uh you know the government was fine with him defecting and then coming back. You know, if you look at all these individual details, they're all true. It's just like when they put them all together in this movie, everyone decries it as uh as 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 nothing but uh, you know, conspiracy nut job stuff. So, I mean it, to me that's that's pretty telling in itself that mm. uh, you know they're 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 gonna decry even the movie. Um, so I'm just trying to think, you know, trying to summarize all my thoughts here. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just further, you know, just like they did with the actual assassination in the 60s. You know, they want to keep a lid on it. They want to convince you that, uh, you know, that oh, it, that crazy it, that, that you're crazy. It. But, but thankfully, I want to say, I, I, I saw a statistic uh, that's, I thought it was like 70% of the American population, uh, believe there's some sort of larger conspiracy of the JFK assassination. Oh, really? Hmm. I can't find it, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's it's a fairly substantial percentage of people believe in a, there being at least some, you know, there being more to it than the government has uh, reported and was in the Warren Commission. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that'll only, you know, increase. I think... Now there's enough space between it and current times that people are a little more comfortable, obviously, uh, you know, supporting and, and and being willing to question because obviously it, it was you know there's kind of that taboo of questioning any sort of government, uh, you know, report or or narrative. Uh, right. But yeah, again, like people get nervous about it. But they're... again, like we talked about with. Uh, Last week and 9-11 and this week, obviously, it's not like, you know, the vaccine thing where, where questioning the narrative is actively putting other people at risk. That's a kind of unique. I feel like nowadays you have to do that caveat because anytime you say, oh, it's good to question the government narrative, people are, oh, well, you, you, what do you think about vaccines? Then that's kind of like a weird situation that, that we haven't been in before where it's like questioning the narrative and not partaking is actively Making like it hurts others, hurting like others, it. but but you know stuff like this, this Kennedy assassination. You know, at this point, th- there's only benefits to further scrutiny. Uh, th- it'll only benefit us to to continue to, to to try to find the truth by questioning the narrative and, and and reassessing things.
1: Right. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna like hurt anyone personally or physically by no questioning if the government's telling the truth about who killed the president.
0: Right um but yeah so i don't know i don't have much more to say i mean it's just a lot of facts to go through again yeah
1: it's really i I like this
0: movie because it's very much like it does use all these facts and it presents them in a narrative way and obviously like i said a lot of it is pretty much like verbatim the truth and what's not is uh is is very just slightly changed for the sake of narrative but it's a great jumping off point to then you know read or learn more about it um So, I would encourage you and I would encourage the audience if you're interested to do more because certainly this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I was only, it's the longest episode we've probably done, and this is just the (laughs) beginning of uh, information. (laughs) Excuse me, you can find out on. on, Yeah, I mean, any shit that's
1: like, that happened over 50 years ago is like, there's going to be a fuck ton of information about
0: it. Right, so.
1: uh, Doug, this whole time.
0: Right. So, um, well, I think that's probably a good place to, to wrap it up for, for today on episode, today's episode for conspiracy month Conspiracy Month. on JFK assassination and Oliver Stone's JFK. Uh, oh, Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Someone I'm, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, I'm getting a phone call real quick. Uh, uh, here, hold on. Hello. Uh, yeah. Hello. This is, uh, this is, uh, this is John F. Kennedy. Oh my mr mr president i th- i thought I thought you were dead you... Uh, they only killed a clone of me. I had backups, and when I died, Jackie transferred my brain my my thoughts and brain to this other body uh, she's the only one who knew because I couldn't trust any of those CIA FBI secret service bastards
1: Wait, Mr. Kennedy I've got a question Yes, yeah, yes um i just I just gotta know why did you um, wh- why did you have your your uh, your your uh, daughter-in-law lobotomized?
0: I, I I I I might be recalling. I'm quite old now, of course, uh, being uh, still alive today. But wasn't it my sister that was lobotomized, not my sister, daughter? Sister,
1: yes. So yes.
0: I didn't have a say. It was more my father's uh, decision. But I will say she was a quite uh, she was quite a mouthy dame, and I'm glad they uh, I'm glad they shut her up. Uh, anyway, though, uh, of course, my, they say my brain went missing. What actually happened? Jackie transferred it to this clone body. They've been living secretly in a bunker, fighting back against the deep state and covert missions. Uh, mm. And I'm here to say uh, I appreciate your boys and your and your investigation of uh, trying to bring to light how they killed me.
1: Well you know that's what we're here
0: for i and, suppose and and i and i'm not i'm not i'm not a boy mr president i'm, right, I'm i identify wrong. as a girl i'm sorry i don't particularly understand the whole transgender thing but i'm trying i appreciate that uh, mr kennedy uh, any
1: efforts what's important
0: any any final words uh anything you want to tell our audience before we sign off well uh i want to say that i started i am q of q but it's all fake i've made up that bullshit to distract the dummies uh <laughs> so they would be preoccupied Uh, They literally thought my son was going to come back from the dead and be Donald Trump's running mate in the 2020 election because they're all fucking idiots. Uh, But you all know the real conspiracies at play. Those QAnon... Uh, people are a bunch of mouth-breezing dumb fucks. Uh, And so, yeah. I've got my brother Robert down here. He, of course, had a clone body, too. Uh, When he was assassinated, he was transferred to that body. And we're hard at work fighting the deep state, so just you explaining to Austin, continue continue your good work. We appreciate that, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. We will, and uh, thank you for calling in. All right. Uh, Talk to you later. I'm going to go, fuck this Marilyn Monroe clone that's down here. Oh, okay. Oh, so that, what, what we heard at the beginning of the episode, that, vo- that voicemail, that was, that was what it was. It was that. Oh, that was modern? See, we tied it all. It's a twist ending. Twist ending! JFK conspiracy <laughs> twist ending! See you next time! Woo! Wah! When President Kennedy was killed, he was not killed by one man. He was shot from a number of different directions by different guns. The story has been suppressed. Witnesses have been killed. And this is your country, ladies and gentlemen.